the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on mercy you receive the prayers of all who call upon you by your spirit show us the things we ought to do and give us the grace and power to do them through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord amen you may be seated and as the choir is coming up I invite the children to come forward too because you got to help them on up. <clears throat> All right. So, do you have your lights? Can I see your lights? Put a finger up. All right. We're going to be sing they're going to be singing a song. Called This Little Light of Mine. Do you know it? I'll help you with the motions. Then, all right, watch Genevieve. She knows how to do the motions. you got to get your lights to shine. And then sing along and know the verse. Nice and loud, too.
Good job. I saw a lot of light shining. Did you know you have a light? Did you know you have a light? No. Yeah? You might also have one of these. You know what this is? <laughs> it's hers. Yes. You know this before. Let them answer. It is yours. Can anybody read what it says? First light. Can you read that big word? No, no, this really long word, I should say. What about anybody else? Baptismal candle. Right. And what do you see on there? You see the light? Yeah. You see a Holy Spirit a shell and some water. Yes, I know, you saw it before. And when we unpack yours, we can use that one for the sermon illustration. Okay. But you probably have one of these someplace. Because if, you, if you've been baptized, there was somebody, and I don't know if you remember this, that probably went over to that nice big candle right there, lit this candle, and said something very important. They said, Let your light so shine before others, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can you remember all that? No. No? Okay. Let, let me shorten it up. What? You were babies. Yes. And that's why we have these, so that your parents and your sponsors on your baptismal anniversary can light this candle and remind you that you are baptized children of God. So, but let me give you the short version that you can definitely remember. Let your light shine. You want to do this? Okay. So what are we going to do to get all of your light shining if this light was lit at your baptism? Well, we're not going to put the candle on everybody. Because that would be one kind of dangerous and I only have one here. But... There is a way that you can get your light shining every time when you come to church. What? 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 <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm all tangled and caught and I don't know what's going on here. But All right, come on over here. No. No. You know Well, of course you know what I'm doing. Ready? You want to get your light shining? Yeah. Are they shining now? No. Yeah, they are. I see a lot of smiles. I gave you a shower? That's what we can do every Sunday when we come to church and we see this big bowl of water called the baptismal font that some of you were probably baptized in. Yep, there you go. And you can sprinkle yourself and you can sprinkle your mom and dad and your brothers and sisters and everybody else here and say, let your light shine. All right, can we say a prayer so you can remember to let your light shine this week? Okay. All right. Now repeat after me. I didn't say that at the first service. So it was kind of... So, thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Let your love light shine. Through us, every day. Amen. Thank you for coming up. And I think you can head off to Sunday school now. We're back to the pews to listen to the big kid sermon.
A reading from Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask for me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I chose, a day to humble oneself? It is to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast that they acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast I chose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the, of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, you to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The word of the Lord. A reading from, well, I guess there's a psalm today. Psalm 112 is pointed for us today, verses 1 through 9. We'll read responsibly by half verse. Hallelujah. Happy are they who fear the Lord. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. Wealth and riches will be in their house. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. It is good for them to be generous in lending. For they will never be shaken. They will not be afraid of any evil rumors. Their heart is established and will not shrink. They have given freely to the poor, and their righteousness stands fast forever. A reading from 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature to do, we do speak wisdom, 
though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish, that we speak God's wisdoms, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God was prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human beings know, what human being knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within. So, also no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. The Word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One thing you have probably noticed as you have heard many different preachers in your life is that there is a common thread that sort of goes through all of their proclamations and their teachings and their sermons. And that is true of any faithful preacher because they attempt to convey to you not their own understanding but the core of what the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified and risen for the life of the world is. And this understanding, this gospel, this message of hope and salvation is something that is connected to the very oldest parts of scripture, to the very oldest parts of the Bible 
I mean, we heard these words from Isaiah today that talked very much about the same things that Jesus talked about in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, those Beatitudes we heard last week. About blessed are the poor, and Isaiah says to go help the poor. Blessed are those who are hunger and who are hungry and are thirsty, and Isaiah says to go feed and give drink to the hungry and the thirsty. And Isaiah is exhorting his people to these good works, these acts of mercy that will change the lives of those around him, those who are poor and disenfranchised, those who are on the outside. And these words could very well be Jesus' words. But as we hear them from Isaiah as these commands, they also sort of come across as if we need to do this in order to enter God's presence. As if we need to do these works of mercy and these good deeds in order to somehow excuse me, earn a place at God's table and in God's presence. But Isaiah's words... As every command we hear in scripture comes after God's saving action. Isaiah's words come generations after the Exodus when he, when God led the people out of slavery into freedom. It comes after, many generations after God feeding the people with manna in the wilderness and quail in the evenings. And for those who hear, heard Isaiah's words first, it comes after the return from exile, when God gathered all of the Israelites back into Jerusalem and had them rebuild the temple and reestablish that covenant relationship. Everything, every command, comes after God's saving action, God's liberating action. And it may not seem that way because we can often forget we can forget about what God has done and we can see these commands and hear these commands as something to be shaping us but Isaiah does lift up these commands these good works as the fast that God chooses because fasting is a way to prepare yourself to enter God it's an enter God's presence it's an old way of doing it For the priests would fast before they went on their duty in the temple. And the pious Jews would fast before they came into the the temple to make their sacrifices. So you have these commands of God lifted up as preparations for entering God's presence. Now you also have a very similar attitude in the Corinthians reading. For Paul is talking to a community that very much like those scribes and the Pharisees and those pious Jews that would fast and prepare themselves, they knew very much how they were doing the right thing. They were doing the good thing. They were preparing themselves. They were holy. They were set apart for God's work. And they would tell you long and loud about how wrong you were and how right they were. And they would give you every proof, every reason why you need to change what you're doing and do it their way. Well, that, my brothers and sisters, is taking the law and twisting it back upon itself and forgetting that every command that God issues to us, everything we are encouraged to do in Scripture, comes after God's saving grace and rescuing activities. 
And that begs the question, why is God so intent on saving us? Why does God come to us again and again, saving us from slavery in Egypt, feeding us in our wilderness journeys, even coming as Jesus to live among us? Well, Jesus tells us exactly why God wants to save us and has striven since the beginning of our journey as wayward people leaving the Garden of Eden. And that is we are salt and we are light. Now, if you're confused, I don't blame you because salt is something that is almost ubiquitous in our society today. If you have a cardiologist... They'll tell you exactly how much salt is out there and how much you need to avoid it. So what is so good about salt? Well, in Jesus' day, salt was a lot more rare. It was so valuable and so rare that it could be used to pay people. And in fact, Roman soldiers were paid in salt for a portion of their services. And because it was rare, it was brought out for those special meals. When it needed to be elevated to a feast, you would add some salt to the food and draw out that flavor and elevate that meal into a feast of celebration. And this is exactly how God sees us. God sees us as valuable, having an intrinsic worth. And God sees us as being there for the joy of the world, that our presence, our activity as God's people in this world brings out a savoriness, a flavor to life that wasn't there before, simply because of our presence. And we are also light. We are light because we were made in God's image and we shine with the light that was placed within us at the moment of creation. Remember how I told you this all goes back to the very earliest pages of scripture. We were created in God's image and made with this indelible mark. And when we let that shine, it is so bright for all the world to see. For all of humanity. The entire spectrum of humanity bears this. But the world does want to cover it with a bushel basket and deny some people their humanity and deny that some are made in God's image. But there is an interesting thing if you've ever had the chance to place a wicker basket on top of an open flame. It becomes a bigger flame. Those bushel baskets are kind of flammable. And remembering that it's Scout Sunday, as any good Boy Scout will tell you, that will catch fire. And it can be used as good kindling in an emergency. But that's just what the light does. The light shines through those cracks in the basket and then consumes those, the basket itself so that what is thought to be something to suppress our image of God is actually a mode and a method for bringing it out even more. You are salt and you are light. This is the core of who we are, who God made us to be. And that is also why our righteousness will exceed that of the scribes and of the Pharisees. For all of those laws that they sought to uphold were to remind them of one thing. That they are salt and that they are light. 
And that without God, they would not be either of those things. And when we allow ourselves to enter into God's presence, unworthy though we be, whether we've fasted or not, whether we've prepared our hearts and minds properly, or have just come in knowing that we need something here, and we will receive it, and it will help us on our journey. No matter how we come, we are welcomed in this place in God's presence as salt, as having that value of having something to contribute to the world and that light, of being an image bearer of God. And everything, every command, every law within Scripture is designed to remind us of that fact, that we are salt and we are light. And so I leave you today with the same thing I gave the kids, the same thing, the same words that were spoken at your baptism, at the beginning of your faith journey. You may remember them, you may not. But you were commanded, after you were claimed as a child of God in baptism, to let your light so shine before others, that they may see and taste your good works, and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. I invite you to stand and join in our hymn of the day. church, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Trusting that God hears us, let us pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Holy God, it is your desire that all people might come to know you intimately. Lead our communities into deeper relationship with you. May your church radiate your righteousness to all whom we encounter. Hear us, O God. God of creation, you quench the dry ground, bringing water that sustains life. Satisfy the needs of all the earth, so that all living things bear witness to your verdant grace and continue to shout your praise. Hear us, O God. God of glory, during your time here on earth, you were crucified by powerful rulers who did not understand you. Grant leaders in our day wisdom and discernment that they may recognize you in the lives of the people that they serve. Hear us, O God. God of justice, you free us from the oppression that binds us and exhort us to serve one another. Liberate us from all fear, bigotry, and greed and set our hearts and minds on love, equality, and justice. Hear us, O God. God of life, you reveal your saving love to us through the power of your spirit. Bless those among us who are preparing to encounter your invigorating will in a new way, especially those preparing for or affirming baptism. Hear us, O God. God of all eternity, we give you thanks for the lives of the saints who have pointed us toward faithfulness in you. May we trust in your endless mercy and grace. Hear us, O God. Confident that you are able to accomplish more than we even dare to ask, we bring these prayers before you, believing in your saving grace, revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. We share Christ's peace with one another.
please stand as you're able. Let us pray. God of wonder, you formed us in our mother's womb, and from Mother Earth you bring forth bread and wine. We place them on your table, together with our lives and all that you have made. Open the heavens to us and pour out your spirit. We await your mercy. We long for your peace. We hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ, our banquet of life. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All are welcome at this table of peace and joy.
please stand as you are able. My brothers and sisters, we are now at this very moment within heaven's bounds. And may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which we have received here this day, strengthen us and keep us in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Faithful God, you have kept your promise to us in this meal, nourishing us with the gift of salvation. Now send forth your servants in peace, that we may testify to your goodness, share the hope that is ours, in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Receive the benediction. May Christ, the wisdom and the power of God, and the source of our life together, keep you united in mind and purpose. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us join in our sending song this day, number 665. with you. Thanks be to God.